be aware of what exactly happening, what is making you react the way and let go of the things that you cannot longer control. If you cannot control the people around you, because we will never be able to do that, mm -hmm. cannot control the people around you, you cannot control what happened in the past, just let those things go. Hello and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Well, good morning, Healing Trauma Mamas listeners. I get to have a good friend of mine on the podcast today. Today, I'm welcoming Anna on the podcast. Do you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm Anna. I live in Odessa, Texas, and I've been here for around seven, eight years. Um, I'm originally from Juarez, Mexico, and I have a little 18-month-old, and um, I'm a doula and a lactation counselor, so that's that's recent. I, I started that um, after my son was born and um, that's pretty much everything about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're such a, a joy. I got to um, meet you and um, partway into your pregnancy, I believe, um, with Jonathan. I don't remember when I came in, um, but got to know you for over two years now. And it's it's been awesome because the Lord's really changed kind of your trajectory where you were, you thought you were headed, um, you know, at the start of your pregnancy and then kind of where you've got to now is not exactly where you had planned to be, huh? No, it is completely different. I was a hundred percent into fitness and, uh, completely different. And then I'm over here in the, like in the birth world. Yeah. <laughs> it's a world that'll catch you, huh? Yes, I love it, but yes. Yeah. Well, so why don't we start at the beginning, if you don't mind? Sure. Um, so I thought everything started um, when I had my son, when when I gave birth, but actually it, it didn't. Um, I think in order to talk about my healing, I have to give a little bit of background from where I'm coming from and how everything, um, just the way I am, right? So I think everything started um, with when I was born. And of course, I don't remember that consciously, but I, I know that a lot of the way I am came from that. Mm -hmm. um, then when I was 18 years old, I lost my dad. Um, my dad had lupus. So for, I want to say five to six years, um, we dealt, we, we were dealing with a lot of his sickness. Um, mm. And it, it was very hard because he had seizures in the middle of the night or he will forget um, about us and he, will, he won't remember things one day and then he will be just fine the next day or he will go to the hospital for a couple of days and then he'll come back um, and doing better. So it was a lot of up and downs, up and downs. And one of the things that really marked me 
um, was the fact that in the middle of the night, he will have seizures. So the first time it happened, um, of course, he went to the hospital and they figure out he had lupus, right? Mm -hmm. And later on, um, I would just w go to bed and stay awake on like to hear my mom yell at me because I didn't, I didn't fall asleep. I didn't want to fall asleep. And then nobody will be able to help my mom because my mm -hmm. sister was a heavy sleeper back then. So my sister never woke up, but I always, I, I, I was always like alert waiting for my mom to yell at me. And so I feel like that was one of the things that started this type of alertness or this sense of, oh my God, something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen every night, but it happened for a couple of months. It happened pretty often. So I was always kind of like waiting for it. Mm -hmm. And um, in 2018, he, he passed away. And what I did when he died was just like, okay, it's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to be strong for, for my mom and my sister. And, and I decided I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> so I, I, I was always thinking like, I need to be strong for this. And, and I understand people die. And it, it was just the way I thought it was best for me to process that just to ignore it and accept that he died and and that's it um so that's a long story short that's what I did mm -hmm. then um later a couple years later I met this guy and this is another another big event in my life that I believe it, it just contribute to to the trauma right I met this guy we I thought he was the love of my life we dated for years and one day he just disappeared I didn't see him again it, it was just like the random it was so weird of course of course later on I realized he had been seeing another girl and then one day he was like you know I'm done which is not the way you do things, right? It's just not mm -hmm. the way you, you do things, but that happened. So the sense of um, the feeling of abandonment at this point is just extra hard because I felt the same way when my dad died, like, oh my God, he abandoned me or abandoned us, uh, even if it wasn't his fault, right? And then, And then this person just walks away from my life and he was kind of like my protector you know my kind of like took the the role of a provider and stuff he was my boyfriend and we have plans to marry and blah 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 and that was another another factor like okay and it was the hardest thing like that heartbreak was it definitely um but again I put my my big girl pants and I was like you know what that's fine you don't want to talk to me. I don't talk to you. And I closed that chapter. Like it, it hurt, but I was just like, that's fine. That's what you want. That's fine. And uh, a little bit of pride, a lot of pridefulness there, but that's what I did. And then um, at this point, I'm a very um, just 
you know, working. I graduated from college and working. And then I met my ex-husband and we moved to Odessa. So that's the third big event in my life, uh, my divorce. So he he wasn't a he wasn't a good person. We were young. We married for the wrong reasons. Whatever happened, and then I had my divorce, and I was alone here in Odessa without any family members and stuff. Right. So I have built so much um, trauma from these events that mm-hmm. is just one abandonment after another one after another one even though they're so different it's not like whose fault is this and it's just the cause of an effect right and um I don't I when my son was born that was kind of like the the breakthrough where where everything started showing like the the problems that I have been carrying, the trauma that I've been carrying started showing mm-hmm. um with with Jonathan, my, my husband now, right? So we started having a lot of trouble and and it was it was not because of course it's a big change to have a baby, right? As a family, but it it was not really that. My trauma was um just showing at at that point. And when I had my son and the postpartum and the loss of identity that uh, that's a whole different like an, another thing it was just starting to be too much so uh-huh do you feel like any of that came out in the pregnancy or was only in the pars- postpartum it was everything came out in postpartum mm-hmm. like my pregnancy was the most magical 9 months of my well 37 weeks. Of uh-huh, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most magical uh, time for us. Like we just had an amazing time. It was just so sweet. Uh, pregnancy was smooth. We had a great um, prenatal care. It was just amazing. But from one day to another one, phew, and mm. the postpartum depression, the postpartum anxiety hit. So Yes, definitely. Uh, when my son was born, my my trauma started just showing, mm-hmm. and I I always being because of my dad and because everything that I just explained, I've been very a very nervous person. Like if I was a dog, I for sure would be a Chihuahua. <laughs> I, I tend to. Um, catastrophize I don't even know if that's a word Um, worst case scenario exactly like every every situation I'm gonna go to the worst case scenario everything can go wrong and um, when my son was born everything was like I'm not gonna sleep because I'm gonna watch him breathe all night Um, the the fear of him passing away on his sleep it still it still haunts me until now. It's eighteen months, and we we still co sleeping. And right now, it's not the same as when he was a newborn. Right, it's different. But that fear, that anxiety, that 
that that's one of the hardest things that I've been praying and dealing with. Um, just the fear that he's he was gonna pass away on his sleep. Um, then when when he was like a month or two months old, um, a person in in Lubbock lost her kid, and it, it was an accident. It, it, I don't know. It was just he he passed away on his sleep. So that I was like in the deepest of postpartum days. I was like down, down. And then I I see this um on the news and on whatever Instagram and it just hit me and I'm like, oh my God, I'm never gonna sleep when he's sleeping. Like I'm gonna watch him every time. And I know that we have all these devices, the the outlet sock and everything. It it was it, it's stronger than me, you know, that is stronger that that wasn't going to fix it mm -hmm. so it, it is not even it's not even about him going to sleep is internal is this trauma that I have or him uh, me putting him in a car seat and getting on the car to drive and I'm like with those intrusive thoughts all the time like what if I get hit what if I what if I fall from this bridge or what if um it was just the intrusive thoughts Sounds i was like, like you're what living in it? fear the whole time yes exactly exactly and and i was aware that was the, the most torturing thing is that mm -hmm. i was aware of it because during my pregnancy um jonathan my husband he was always my my rock my support and he was always like we're not gonna make decisions based in fear so when you decide something think about it like is this based on faith or fear so that's why we decided that a home birth was the correct choice for us and everything was we were healthy we were feeling good so that's why it was so hard because I was aware of how amazing and how magical magical and blessed was my pregnancy and then when baby was here everything changed my my brain was it, it went completely into protection you know like it was like a defense mechanism of my brain is like i'm not gonna let anything hurt this precious thing that i have right here <laughs> Mm -hmm. and I, I I just started living in, in in fear postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and I couldn't handle anybody coming to my house and and grab the baby or anybody who was in family you know or if somebody else came like a friend or something I was just like not even enjoying that person being around because I was like what if they have COVID or what if they have this? Or, oh my mm -hmm. God, did they wash their hands? So it, it was just, rough. Um, yeah. So that's, I think, I think that's pretty much, that pretty much sums up all the, the trauma. So how I, have you dealt with that since then? I mean, where are you at now? And, and how do you think you've been able to overcome some of that? So I, I decided, well, I didn't decide it, but everything started showing up, right? And our family started really 
like a relationship in and just the environment of the house was just not what it needed to be. And I realized like all this trauma is just showing up in different ways. Mm. It's just showing up my in my codependency. It's showing up in my overprotective way to do things. Like if it's not my way, and I, I don't want it. And and I noticed how damaging my actions and my behavior was for mm-hmm. everybody. Because, you know, like your kids, like my son started noticing that. And I started noticing how he was very, um, like, clingy and just, like, not happy. Not, not my little happy boy some days without any reason. So I know, like, he was probably feeling my anxiety. So I started making a conscious um, conscious decisions like noticing what I was doing and if I could do it in a different way mm-hmm. um, so the first step to to do something about it is just being aware and then and then see why I was reacting the way I was reacting and now it's like I'm able to talk about it like I'm talking to you about like about it right now it's like mm-hmm. I'm able to to identify what what caused every reaction like for example um if somebody needed to take jonathan somewhere i'm always like okay is the car seat right did you make sure this did you make sure okay the water the snacks is like and then before i ask those questions now is like everybody everything's fine like his dad and his grandma and whoever is taking care of him, they know exactly how to take care of a child. So yeah, everything is fine. You don't have to be there 24-7. You know, so it, it was a combination of normal transition into matrescence and on top of that, postpartum anxiety, depression, and um my traumatic postpartum you know it was just a a combination it it was just like a tower like I was just putting things on top of another thing so that made it that made it harder and the only thing to overcome that that is just to realize what what things I, I was I needed to work on so I just decided I'm going to work in in this abandonment trauma and mm-hmm. realizing how am I how I am reacting towards these actions or another clear example is like Jonathan coming back home a little bit later than what he said you know it could mm-hmm. be like half an hour later or an hour later and if he said he was coming around five if he wasn't here at five I'll be live it so Mm. he will come home and I'll be like mad and just fighting because he didn't come home at five and the problem is is not that he didn't come he didn't arrive at five the problem was me just reacting the way I reacted and the cause was because my previous trauma so now I just like 
I'm conscious about it. It's like, are you going to be mad? Are you? How are you going to react to that? Like, you don't have to be mad for everything. Um. So so yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of reading, a lot of realizing what causes your reaction and change it because I believe that, um. I believe that you can definitely rewire uh, your brain in mm-hmm. your and I forgot Absolutely. a very I forgot a very important um event in my life um I um I was I met a friend um and she kind of like took me under her um wing and and introduce me to God. I I mean I've been I, I always believed in God, but she she was different. Like um she introduced me to God and I gave my life to Jesus a couple years ago and I went to this class, they call it free indeed. And I just that that was the thing like opened my eyes completely. And that was one of the things that when I had my son like it could have been worse if I didn't have um, God in my life. Like I, mm-hmm. it just, it just made it better. So in the middle of all this darkness, I always saw a little bit of light. Like I never felt lost. I always knew that there was a way out, but I just needed to find my, my way, you know? Yeah. And it's, it doesn't mean that right now I'm just completely um, out of it. It's just that now I, I have, I, I always have God and now I just ask for direction and, and then he shows me. It's just like, okay, well, look over here and look over there through a lot of prayer and through a lot of good friends that he has uh, put in my life. Like the way I found you and and uh, my midwife, you know, is so, um, yeah, that's that's where I am. I am right now just figuring things out, things getting better. I love that you pointed to that. So a lot of times we're always looking for so many outside resources like podcasts or books or going to therapy and which all those things can be great, right? Um, But the people close to you, the mentors that you have, and then going and doing the work yourself and trusting in the Lord and going to the Bible and asking for help from him is such an amazing aspect of your healing process because we can do nothing without him. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, I love that you highlighted that because that is hard work, but amazing and rewarding work at the same time. Yes. um, That's, that's probably the first, the first thing that, that helped me because, um, this, <laughs> this this is going to sound funny, but I was doing a 40-day fast, sugar fast. And during those, I didn't finish because like halfway, I started having like a lot of, I want to call it revelation. Mm-hmm. I was blaming everybody for my, for, for my trouble, you know, like, why can people do my way or why can um just these be easier blah 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 and then and then during that um 
40-day sugar fast, like, God showed me, like, oh, no, sweetie, like, you need just to look at yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that opened my eyes. That was, that was, like, one of the things that I was, I, I was talking to my mother-in-law um, the other day. I was, like, literally, I felt like a blindfold fell of my eyes, and, mm. and I was, like, oh, oh now I thank you now I see what 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 I need to do and what's going on so yes definitely prayer and just looking the right way for help it's one of the 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 major healing aspects like with without that I wouldn't be able to to keep going you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's great is there any um, scriptures that were really important to you that you read that really helped you in your healing process? Or was it just more that intimate relationship with the Lord and just going to him? Um, I don't think I, I have like just a, a specific um, scripture right now in my head. Mm-hmm. Um because it was so much like you know um and and it's so hard to admit that admit this but you know when you're going through hard times you lean so much in god and then when you're going through happy times it's just like it's harder to because you don't need him you feel like you don't need him a lot so when i was in through this going through these hard times it, it was just like a daily thing like asking and reading and I feel like scripture just hits different how when you are like struggling um but I just in my um in my kitchen I keep this this board that it was supposed to be for a a dinner menu but I Mm -hmm. just write (laughs) that is not that is not happening so um, I just wrote this one when I was going through that is is a Matthew 6 um 33, I think, is six, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Um, so that was one of the, the scriptures that was in my mind that if you seek God, you will have everything else mm-hmm. that you need. Everything. You don't have to worry about what tomorrow is going to give or what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Whether your son wakes up in the morning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it it is hard, but once you learn that the promises of God is just like, okay, you're able to live without fear. And as I mentioned, it's not that every day I wake up and it's like, oh, I'm free. No, it's a constant battle. It's a constant mm-hmm. work to remind myself and to keep myself in prayer that, that's that's what keeps me yeah that keeps us talking to him and staying in communication and and keeping that you know an intimate relationship is one where you're talking to each other all the time and wanting to know each other more and that's what the lord asks of us that we have that intimate relationship with him Mm -hmm. i was thinking um when you were talking about you know being in prayer and then him showing you 
revealing those areas. Like for you, he was, he was revealing some prideful things and maybe some selfish things that you were noticing, um, when before you wouldn't have noticed them at all. Um, so that maybe think of this scripture, which is Psalm 139, uh, 23 through 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're talking about that you were doing, that you were going to the Lord and just saying, hey, show me, reveal these things that I'm struggling with, reveal what, what is the root of these issues so that I can, I can open those, hand those things over to you and, and be renewed and be able to heal from all this stuff that I've built up. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. And for, for other, for other moms or other people who go to trauma either if it's any type of trauma you know the first thing is is asking for for help from god or and to make to make those events so you can be aware of what happened because that's Mm -hmm. the only way you you're able to heal um yeah that's that's the only way so be aware of what exactly happening what is making you react the way and let go of the things that you cannot longer control. If you cannot control the people around you, because we will never be able to do that, mm-hmm. cannot control the people around you. You cannot control what happened in the past. Just let those things go. Um, so yeah, yeah that's definitely. so important. Well, mm-hmm. and you've become a, a doula now, and you're working on becoming a lactation consultant, and um, you're doing work with women to be able to help them. Um, through these different aspects are you doing any special like trauma informed or um, any type of mental aspect with your services that you provide yes well um during our prenatal uh visits with with my clients um you know you have to to form this very close relationship with your clients in order to be able to to support right and mm-hmm. it's, it's all a, like the, it depends on on their needs sometimes some clients just want a little bit less support like a little bit more superficial mm-hmm. and other clients are like you know what i i went through this i went through a traumatic um, traumatic c-section before so this is what i'm trying to avoid and because of everything that I've learned during training and then listening to your podcast, I, I see how um, even though I haven't had a traumatic C-section or I hadn't been, um, I haven't been in, in a um, sexual abuse situation. Um, I'm able to be like, okay, well tell me and let's see how, you will feel comfortable going with this or what are you, what are your thoughts in this? So um, I always strive for my clients to tell me how can I support them? It's not how, what is my way to support you? I always tell my clients that they, they will figure out. They won't be able to tell me, I need you to support me this way. But the way they talk and the way they express themselves 
that is going to give me a lead in, on how to how to support. Some clients don't even want to, um, maybe they're not ready. Some clients, they just don't want to to be supported in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that that is the the thing that I, that I like to do for for my clients just be there and listen and if I notice there's some type of trauma is like okay so how how do you want to go about this how do you want me to support you about this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like just that that heartfelt open communication with them um, is probably the absolute best thing that you can do for them Yes, absolutely. It's been it's been great and um it's been great to have an experience on um my son, you know, like when, when he was born and and the things that I went through and then see these clients going towards the same not not the same, but of course to childbirth and being able to say, Hey, um I, I understand. I understand exactly what you're going through. You know, like having trouble breastfeeding or the lack of sleep, just regular new motherhood things. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's been amazing to be like, hey, I know um, this. I understand perfectly what, how, how you're feeling, what you're going through. Um, so that part of helping a mom in need, because I remember my postpartum, how much I, um, my mom didn't have the chance to be here my, the first month postpartum and I just remember how I was like I didn't have a doula I didn't have a, a, a postpartum doula I didn't have somebody like my mom or like a my or a, like a best friend taking care of me but when my clients uh, are in that situation it's like I understand let me be here mm-hmm. for you you know and and that's one of the things like as a doula I, I enjoy the most just because I didn't have that it's just like okay let me I'm here this is going to help yeah for sure well I know you're on Instagram and do you have other ways that you want to um, let anybody that's listening that happens to be in the Midland or Odessa area that might be looking for uh, a doula during the their pregnancy and for birth or the postpartum period how can they reach you yes um i'm on instagram i'm on facebook my website is wonderfully made wtx.com um and i'm uh, like all over social media so um wonderfully made wtx that's my instagram my facebook and my website awesome and we'll make sure we link that in the show notes so anybody can contact you um, well, thank you so much, um, Anna, for coming on the podcast and just sharing your story and, and the way the Lord has really just been healing you and working through things with you and revealing, you know, his, his heart and mercy and grace towards you and your, in your growing as a mom. And yeah. I, just, I thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And, um, I love, I love to hear all these healing stories and, it's just an honor to be here and able to share this. Oh, well, thank you. I'm I'm glad that people are willing to come on the podcast like you are here now and and be able to to be vulnerable and share their stories, but know that it's gonna be for some good that somebody else like yes. you is gonna listen and, and gain something from it. Yes, absolutely. 
Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your Creator, so be who He created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time, Shalom.